Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. I don't know about you, but I have had make quiz on my to-do list forever. Like seriously forever. But making quizzes feels so freaking intimidating to me. Like what apps do you use to create these magical quizzes? How do I strategically come up with my topic and my questions and What do people get after they finish my quiz and how creative do I need to be and how do I share my quiz and how should I segment my list and what the heck do I do with my segments and just like so much more. Like my brain just spins at the thought of making a quiz and yet I can totally see where it would be a game-changing marketing asset. Like it logically, it makes so much sense to me, not to mention a marketing research asset as well. I mean, there's just so many uses for it. But I don't know. I think that the whole like the logistics and the execution of it, I'm like, oh, I can't. I'd rather just pitch to a bunch of podcasts. (laughs) But today's conversation, like this is actually why I found it so freaking good, because not only do I feel really clear around how you can strategically use your quiz for launches and for list building efforts and why, like how the quiz will look slightly different depending on the effort and really how you can use quizzes for all kinds of things that I didn't even think about. But I was also able to ask our guest, the amazing Linda Sidhu, all of the questions I just went through. So if you've been spinning around this idea of making a quiz like I have, you are so freaking welcome (laughs) because we so got you covered with today's episode. Linda is so generous with her time and her expertise and is seriously just like a bundle of joy to talk to. Not to mention, she is the quiz freaking queen. Like, she builds quizzes for the online stars. So, if you've got quizzes on the mind, she is the person to be learning from. So, literally, put those headphones in, walk the dog, I don't know, whatever you do to get comfortable, because you're going to learn so much from this episode. And I am stoked to share it with you. So, on that note, let's meet Linda. A couple of years ago, Linda and I met at a group function hosted by a mutual friend. And as Linda introduced herself, she shared that she was feeling down about how little sunshine sunshine she had in Seattle. If you listen to this podcast, you know this is something I complain about all the freaking time. But funny enough, in this moment that she was sharing that, I had just moved to London and was experiencing the exact same thing and was just so excited to speak to someone who could truly understand how much little sunshine affects your freaking mood. Unfortunately, though, we lost touch. But like any internet love story, the algorithm brought us back together when one of her posts landed on my feed and I was reminded of my long lost internet friend in rainy Seattle. (laughs) And the rest is history. But Linda is not here to talk about rainy Seattle days. She is a list building and quiz funnel strategist who specializes in creating personality popping quizzes rooted in real data about how we communicate. Her clients triple their email list growth in a matter of months, see massive increase increase in conversions, and create strategic and impactful list segmenting that helps their audience truly feel seen. 
So if you're looking to create a list building foundation for the long haul, you are in the right place. Ladies and gents, please welcome Linda Sidhu from Seattle. Hey, what a fun (laughs) intro. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're here. And yeah, I get really into the bios. Awesome. Honestly, most people request a bio and you yeah. just nailed that. And then it was oh, good. Beautiful. Yeah, it was absolutely sensational. Well, thank you. I will take it. I also like, I'm so fascinated by your story because I was obviously reading up on you on your site. I cannot believe that you went from pharma sales rep to like quiz genius. Like how the heck did those two things come into play? I'm so curious. Well, the very first job I ever had out of college, I was a yellow page rep, believe it or not. A yellow page rep. So that's no. hilarious, first of all. Like that's it, it so funny. Me. But I went from yellow page rep to specialty pharmaceutical sales. So most pharmaceutical sales, they start in the general, you know, work with primary care doctors, but I sort of leapfrogged into the industry and got the job into dermatology sales. So I feel like I, when I do things, I do it big, right? Like I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to skip a few levels. And so go big or go home. I like it. (laughs) But interesting enough, my job in pharmaceutical sales really laid the foundation for my work in quizzes. And so what happened was I was really nervous to call on doctors and, you know, try Mm -hmm. to sell them something that they were doing clinical studies on. Right. And so I really leaned into understanding their personalities. I got certified in DISC, which helped me understand, are they fast paced? Are they a little bit slower paced with their decisions? Are they people oriented? Are they task oriented? And I would literally in my car, imagine how I was going to have the conversation with this doctor every single day. So for 10 plus years, I would people read my doctors and I would visualize how the conversation was going to go. And so when I decided to no longer be a pharmaceutical sales rep, it was because I gave birth to my son and I had the opportunity to stay at home. So I retired pharmaceutical sales. Uh, and when my son went to school, when he was five years old, I launched a business of my own. And that's when I created my first personality quiz as a lead generator, because it made sense in my head. Like if you can attract yeah. your leads based on someone's personality type, you can segment your list and communicate to them better. And so that was my thought. And originally when I launched my first you know, course, it was for email marketing, but it didn't take too long to realize I really nailed the quiz thing. And within a few months, I was really focusing on personality quizzes and lead gen and the top of funnel to attract, you know, the right audience. Oh my gosh, that's so fascinating. So you're also, I mean, if you started your business, you know, around email marketing, you also have a very strong understanding of nurturing an audience as well. So it sounds like you're great at attracting them and nurturing them. Is that right? Yeah, I think my superpower is really with connection. Um, And so Mm. you might see some stuff come out from me later, you know, maybe closer to 2024, where I'm really focusing on engagement and connection and just you know, at the end of the day, I don't necessarily prefer to do social media. I prefer to like actually connect with people, do coffee chats, do mixers. Um, And that's really my superpower is like being a super connector. And so I'm really leaning into that more. But I think quizzes was a stepping stone to that. Yeah, because it really quizzes is a great way to engage your audience, better understand them, um, lean into my own personality strengths. And so it's just like, 
fun to kind of keep going on my path because I think every step reveals the next. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I we're going to obviously spend a lot of time today talking about quizzes. We also have some questions from listeners who have questions about quizzes. So we will talk a lot about quizzes today. But first, I want to start with our, you know, ongoing every episode segment, which we call Spill the Tea, which is all about giving us the behind the scenes of your business. Um, so how are you feeling about a fire round of questions for us yeah. to get to know you a little better? Yeah, Does that, that sound good? That's great. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. No pressure, right? Every time I'm like, oh yeah, fire on everyone's like, oh geez. <laughs> the first question, what is the best advice you've ever received in business? The best advice is really to be you. I know it's so simple, mm. but one of my mentors, Laura Belgray, who I absolutely adore, uh, really just talks a lot about, you know, leaning into your strengths, just being you. And at the end of the day, she built a business by being herself. And yeah. I I invested a lot of my money at the beginning into her and her mentorship because I think it's really important. And I learned that early on to just be myself because the only way that you can propel your business forward is to lean into your strengths and to be yourself. And so I've really tried to like not have a ton of mentors. I just have a couple and then I put the Mm. blinders up and I just focus on my road. I love that. What is your least helpful advice that you've ever received? So when I was first starting out in business, I had a mentor at the time tell me to friend request a bunch of like people. (laughs) So for example, my college friends, she was like, go look at their Facebook profile and friend all their friends and look at their gosh, friend all their friends and do this on every platform or whatever. So I did it because that was working for her, even though it didn't feel good to me to like friend Mm. all these random people. And then what happened was I was visiting a friend in Texas who was a good college friend. And I friended all her friends after I left because I was told (laughs) to do it. And then her friends were like, yeah, your friend friended me. And she thought that was really weird. And I was super embarrassed. Like, why did I do that? You know? (laughs) Um, Anyway, it was something that was working for someone. They told me to do it. I tried to do it too. It was like, but it didn't feel right. And I wasn't listening to my own intuition. So bottom line, regardless, when someone tells you to do something and it doesn't feel in alignment with you, don't do it. Oh, I love that. This is something that actually Dallas Traverett, I think you know Dallas, right? I love Dallas. She says marketing should never feel icky. Yeah. And that's such a, that comes back to that. Like if it's leaving a bad taste in your mouth, like that usually means something, right? Yeah. It just doesn't align with you and to let it go. <laughs> to yeah, <not> do it. <laughs> it felt awful. And I was like, why am I doing this? But she told me to do it. So I guess I should follow her, you know, the protocol she's telling yeah. me to do. But it was really early in business where, you know, I social media was still pretty like relatively yeah. new, like Instagram. And I was like, okay, I guess this is how you're supposed to grow, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that that advice cir- circulating. Yeah, circulate, that's a word. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing that advice. And like, I look back to that time when everyone was just trying to figure it out. Like, what is this new beast that we are navigating? Um, And I'm sure I also gave shady advice back then. Yeah, yeah, that would be that's bad advice for sure. (laughs) That's definitely Um, when I think of bad advice is like the first thing that comes to mind. (laughs) Is there anything in your work that people would be surprised to hear you find stressful or that brings you anxiety or makes you feel self doubt? 
Yeah, you know, launches are always mm-hmm. one of those things that make you second guess yourself. And I'm actually launching Quiz Lab right now for the third time. And I love to reflect on my first launch, my second launch, and compare it to this launch. I was just thinking this morning how calm I am. But in the past, I used to be so worked up. Like it was like one day was a high because I had all these people join on cart open day. And then it was the mid cart launch, you know, period where it was crickets. And then I started second guessing, what am I doing? I'm so silly. I shouldn't be doing this. And then you go to the last day where it's cart close day. And then all of a sudden there's a pop and people joining. (laughs) To be honest with you, every launch has been so different. And same thing goes right now. It's been a little bit more of a slow burn where I have people join every day versus a pop at the beginning and a pop at the end, like the first two launches. But what I've really, you know, there are still some imposter syndrome feelings that come in, but at the end of the day, I'm getting a lot better with recognizing that and saying, oh, stop. Like I'd rather just choose calm and leave it up to the universe because I know at this point Mm -hmm. I'm doing, I can prove my results and I love what I'm doing. So I'm just going to let those feelings, like I acknowledge them and I let them go. But in the past, imposter syndrome really was hard during the first two launches. Yeah. Oh my God. This is such a good reminder that like, cause there's so many people that are going to be listening to this and looking at you as like someone who has it all figured out, who knows exactly what she's doing and doesn't feel any self-doubt. You know what I'm saying? And it's like such a good reminder that like launches like make all of us question ourselves. I mean, it brings up all these feelings, you know what I mean? So I can relate to that. I also, that mid launch slump is like a killer. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm actually, my cart closes tomorrow. And so I'm so grateful. I'm kind of coming out to the other side where, you know, we're almost done with this. I'm and by Friday. I'm actually going to be celebrate everything and be very proud of myself and be grateful for the whole experience (laughs) because that's how it always ends up being. Right. So I'm so close to being through the you know, in order to get out of this, you have to go through it. And it's with any yeah. type of journey, whether you're launching, whether you have some type of health diagnosis, um, um, or it's the pandemic, it's like the only way out is through. And I feel it's like those moments where you're in the middle are the hardest. Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. I love that. Outside of money in the bank, is there a metric you use to measure the health of your business? Yeah. So interesting enough, uh, I measure my business on how much balance I have. Uh, mm. uh, when Liam was five years old and he came home uh, from school and I was really trying to focus on my business, uh, I realized that wasn't a time to focus on me, that I really had to be present for him. He was only five years old, you know? Um, and so at that point, I knew that my business he was the priority, not my business. Mm-hmm. He's always mm-hmm. been the priority. And this is why I launched a business for my house is so I can actually show up for him at soccer practice. I can, you know, be there for soccer games. We can take vacation and we can go visit family whenever I want. Like really the reason why I was doing this is for balance in my life. And so I want to provide that for other entrepreneurs, but I also want to showcase that in my life. And so I have a dog too. And, you know, she requires two to three walks a day. And oftentimes I take her on hikes uh, Mm -hmm. and leave the phone behind. And I just want to be present with nature, with her and provide a lot of white space for my business. And the more white space I get, the more creative I am. So it really helps play a role in my creativity. And so balance is a huge way that I um, pinpoint if I'm having success or not. 
Oh, I love that. I also need to, I need to do that. Leave my phone behind, you know, like that's such a good, cause I take my phone and I caught myself this morning. Cause that's actually the same metric I use, like feeling balanced, having time for all the things and not just feeling like all I did that day was work, you know? And, but something that I noticed that I do, like even today I was walking the dog and I stopped in the middle of their walk. I have two dogs stopped in the middle of their walk. And I, and I was responding to emails and I suddenly realized how long have I been standing here responding to emails while my dogs just looked at me like, when are we going to walk again? And I was like, this is so bad. <laughs> this is I not mean, balanced. I definitely made that mistake too. If I'm usually walking in the neighborhood, I do that. But now I'm seeing signs of spring and the cherry blossom trees mm. are starting to bloom. And um, there is something beautiful about leaving that phone behind and actually just, it's called an awe walk where you can go mm-hmm. out into your neighborhood, preferably nature, maybe a place where you haven't been and just really truly be grateful for the things that you're seeing and immerse yourself in nature and see the beautiful things. So this is a great season spring to kind of yep. see the beauty of uh, what life is going to bring in this next season. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Um, if you could, I mean, I, this is silly even asking this question because I'm pretty sure I know your answer, but if you could only grow your list one way for an entire year, how would you choose to grow your list? Yeah, I love quizzes, obviously. Um, (laughs) and the funny thing is, is I've tried different ways to grow my business and I always do it with excitement and unexpectations, but a part of it is I always also compare it well, is it better than a quiz? (laughs) And to be honest with you, I don't think there's any other better way to grow your email list than with a quiz. And I'll tell you why. With bundles and summits, they might be really hot and they might grow your list really fast. But the problem is, is it stops. That lead Mm -hmm. magnet has a shelf life. Where a quiz, if you do it right, you can build it on a beautiful foundation and you can have it for the lifetime of your business, right? And you can use it for a tool and you can get on podcasts and you can share it and you can get on summits and you can share it. Like it's got a long lifespan. But the other thing I like about it is it really attracts quality leads. So I was in a few bundles over the winter and I kind of experimented with that, but it's almost like a hodgepodge of like random people, right? Like who is, you know, and luckily with quizzes, it's very niche. So the type of stuff I recommend or I offer, it's always about quizzes. So more than likely people want to be interested in a quiz to join anything of mine anyway. But at the end of the day, just the quiz title alone can really attract quality leads and repel people who aren't right for you. So a great example Mm -hmm. of this is I had a coach join my quiz lab uh, cohort two falls ago, and she was a coach. And in the moment, we I wanted her to niche down and she decided she was going to be a coach for ADHD. So she has ADHD. She realized she was attracting a lot of people with ADHD. So in the title of her quiz, it was, what's your ADHD superpower? Well, when she launched it, people who identified with ADHD was taking it. People who didn't identify with that was not. And it really helped propel her business forward because she was attracting quality leads and repelling those who are not. So for reason number two, with quizzes, you can really attract quality and quantity leads. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. And I told you at the beginning of this conversation that like, I have been wanting to create a quiz for so long and it's like, I just haven't done it for some reason. But like, this is one of the reasons why I feel like it does tick a lot of boxes, you know? And again, we're going to get way more into quizzes, but 
as we continue with this conversation, but it really does. Like it doesn't just attract people, but it's like they come in almost being trained to talk to you, right? Because they're going through this process of answering questions about themselves and then getting results and reading results. It's like, there's a lot of boxes that are ticked just from this one experience. So logically, as someone who has worked in marketing for a really long time, like it makes a lot of sense to have a quiz actually. So so this might be the way I choose to grow my list as well. I don't know. Maybe I'll be joining your quiz lab. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, what's fascinating by quizzes um, is I just want to take it another layer deeper, which you're, you kind of hit on is the amount of research you can do on your clients. And since I live in Seattle, yeah. I always use Starbucks as this reference. So Starbucks, whenever they create something, they put their client at the head of the table, they say. And they ask them questions and they survey them and they bring them in and they interview them and they really try to figure out what does this person want. So when they release the pumpkin spice latte, people are lined up out the doors to get it, right? So Mm -hmm. ask your clients what they want, serve them what they need, right? Yeah. Based on conversation. So quizzes do the same thing. Um, My very first question in your quiz is what do you identify with? Are you a coach, a course creator, a copywriter or something other? Well, 50% of my audience was answering coaches. And so you brought up Dallas. She's got an Mm -hmm. incredible podcast, Coaches on a Mission, right? So what am I thinking being more intentional with my marketing is, well, if people are coming to me who are coaches, it might be a good idea to get in front of those audiences that have coaches. So your podcast is a great example. And even Dallas's Coaches on a Mission is another great example of trying to serve the clients who are you know, really going to be successful at quizzes and coaches and course creators are great examples of this, but you get this clarity that you wouldn't otherwise with any other lead magnet. Right. And you can also, what I love to do on email two of the welcome series, I always encourage my clients to put a survey in there. So you're getting ongoing research ever since I implemented this in my own quiz and welcome series, I have almost 200 replies that's all on automation and it's all in an area where I can go back and look for yeah. information for emails, for sales page information. Like it is a plethora of information yeah. where it's just ongoing and it's set up on autopilot too, which is beautiful. Oh, that's good. And I have a question for you about a welcome series actually. So we'll get into yeah. that. That's really juicy. Okay. Two more of school your tea. Is there a mindset shift you made to help you play a bigger game? Yeah. So um, I think the biggest mind shift I've made was really I implemented a mantra back in 2020. And um, what happened was, you know, I was pharmaceutical rep. I gave up that job. I stayed at home with my son. He came back home (laughs) during his kindergarten year. And I was really, really trying to focus on growing my business and doing the next thing and getting back out there because I I knew that I couldn't be just a stay-at-home mom. There was something in me that wanted to teach, that wanted to be in business and have a business of my own. And so I was a little frustrated because I felt like, well, now I can't do anything. I'm back being like a stay-at-home mom. And that only lasted for a second, really, because I realized he was my priority and that my destiny was there. Um, And so really the mantra that I embodied in 2020 during the pandemic was nobody's going to steal your destiny. And so that's Mm -hmm. something that I've held with me ever since is, you know, my life, my purpose 
it's going to lead in a big way. Nobody's going to take it away from me. So I don't have to rush or compete with anybody. I just have to like stay the course, right? So that was a big mindset shift I made to prioritize being present in my life and really just kind of monitoring uh, the amount of work I was trying to do while he was in bed or staying up late and just normalize, you know, like it doesn't have to be this way. My destiny is right there. No one's going to take it. I love that. It like takes the pressure off of you too. You know what I mean? It just like gives you some space too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. If you could go back in time and give beginner business owner Linda some advice, what would it be? You know, it would be to fail and to fail often. So something Mm -hmm. that I have had in my past was lots of failures at the beginning, a lot of missteps along the way, and it was really frustrating. But I will tell you, there's something to failing that's more powerful than anything you could have ever won, right? And so when it comes to failing, there's this theory of loss aversion, where if you fail, it's twice as powerful than winning. And so when you have those failures, you really just want to win even more. And there is a quote from uh, Serena Williams, where she says, you know, in life, you have to fall seven times, but get up eight. Again, Mm -hmm. it's talking about the power of falling down is talking about failing is talking about those missteps along the way, because every misstep leads to that success. And without failure, you can't have success. And so I just would tell her like failing is going to be part of it and you need to do it often (laughs) because that's, you're this much closer to success when you are failing, to be honest. Yeah. I've seen this in my life too. Like, especially the perfectionists out there, it's like, we try so hard not to fail. And when you actually learn that failing is not holding you back, it's not keeping you from winning. It's actually not even a roadblock. It's actually the thing that's probably going to help you get over the roadblock, right? When you actually realize that it's crazy how much faster you move forward. Oh yeah. Like, it's it is absolutely so crazy. Powerful is failure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really, really is. I'm so grateful I learned that lesson too, because I'm one of those people that like tried to avoid getting it wrong. So it's like, I would overthink everything. I would take too long to create a lead magnet, like all of these little things that if I had just, you know, it's funny, the amount of time I spent on things that were never going to do well, because I hadn't failed at it yet to learn why it was never going to do well. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I just spent so long, like even creating a landing page for a lead magnet. Guys, or guys, Sophia, the lead magnet was not going to do well. It was not the right lead magnet. You know, so it's like I spent all this time instead of getting it out there to learn, oh, this sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I need to rethink this, you know? Yeah. But I needed to get it out there and quote unquote fail at it to see that I needed to work on it. So it's just, it's interesting how we assume the opposite of what is real sometimes in this crazy entrepreneurship journey that we're on. (laughs) And it's also nice to respect those who are having big successes with their business because it means they probably failed a lot too. And to like normalize it, like, hey, this person might be further along than you, but there's a reason why. (laughs) They they probably failed a lot and they probably have 10 years of experience on you too. So you can't compare yourself to them. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Oh my gosh. Woohoo. Let's talk quizzes. <laughs> okay. You kind of talked already about how you realized like quizzes were, are so damn effective, but I feel like there could be some people who are like, what do they mean by quizzes? Can you just like for the people where this is like totally new to us, like what is a personality driven quiz, which is how you've framed it on your website? 
Yeah, a personality quiz is a a lead magnet that you're going to create to attract the right leads. So why would you want a personality quiz for your business is you're going to want to attract the right leads, which is a quality lead, and you can do that in the title alone. They're also used to help you sell out your offers. So I've had people who've done launch quizzes and it goes, you know, they attract the right leads with the quiz. That's the top of funnel. Then you lead into the welcome series. You also have your pre-launch. You have a launch mechanism where maybe it's like a a challenge or a webinar where you start to get into the selling. And then you open the doors to your program and you can sell out your offers. So a quiz funnel can be used to sell out your offers. And they also help you better serve your audience. So one of my clients realized that her dominant personality was actually attracting the opposite personality, very heart-centered folks. So she was a TEDx speaking coach. And here are the people she was attracting to do TEDx, you know, speaking engagements were people who wanted to change the world. They wanted to go out there and get on stage and talk about climate change, right? So with this information, we realized that the quiz, 50% of her audience was opposite of her. So we were able to Mm. tweak the language. She was able to better serve them by having longer discovery calls. Um, We implemented a bunch of different things so she could actually serve them. Wow, that's fascinating. So it's it's not just like a marketing mechanism. It's also like a market research mechanism. Like it's giving you data as well as getting people in your community. Mm-hmm. That's really fascinating. I also hear that on average, a quiz gets shared 1900 times. Yeah, so that was um, from BuzzSumo. It was an article I'm familiar with. And, um, you know, When I put my quiz out in 2019, what I experienced was people would take it and they would share their results or tag me on Instagram, right? And then they would share it on Facebook. It was being shared in Facebook groups. People were like, what what are you? You know what I mean? And everybody wants to know, what are they? What? How do I learn more about my strengths? How do I, you know, reveal my weaknesses? And so- any type of quiz, um, if you're using a quiz, it's a way to really get people curious about themselves. But then once they reveal the answer, they usually share it because they're excited because all the quiz results, they're very powerful. They're very positive. We phrase them in a yeah. way that really strokes their ego and makes them feel good about who they are. You know, that's really important yeah. for a quiz. So people want to share that. And so people are a little bit more savvy these days, though. So they're not going to be like, you know, fully exposing all that information because they do know it's actually a lead magnet at this point. Right. I'd be interested to know, like, how many times they're actually getting shared in, you know, 2023 compared to when the article came out. But at the end of the day, they're still very, very shareable and they're very engaging. And you can utilize that on social media easily. Yeah, no, I can totally see that because I mean, look, honestly, what it's so rare that your lead magnet gets shared a lot. Do you know what I mean? It's not like people are like, oh, I'm going to download this free thing. Let me shout about shout like shout it out everywhere. Like that's not really the behavior around traditional lead magnets. So it makes a lot of sense because you're right. Like that, but like BuzzFeed quizzes, for example, like the amount of times I have taken something to like find out what kind of cheese I am or something really freaking random. And I'm like, guys, everyone needs to know what kind of cheese they are. I know, know? right? That's so the behavior. I love that. So my understanding from binging on some of your content is that 
there are four distinct buyer personality types, which I was like, I loved this information. Can you share a little bit about like what the heck that means and how you use that information to craft your quiz? Yeah. So based on my DISC certification, this is what I used when I was in pharmaceutical sales to sell to different doctors. And then I implemented quizzes through the lens of using DISCs the DISC personas. So you're either faster paced with decisions or you're a little bit more thoughtful with decisions. And then you're either people oriented or you're task oriented. So you fall into one quadrant over the other. Now, keep in mind, you embody all types of personalities. But when you take an assessment like DISC, they're going to put you in one quadrant over the other. Sometimes there are people that are right on the borderline where they're really close to being two personality types, you know, but at the end of the day, this information is going to reveal how you can communicate with these individuals. So I'll give you an example about my husband. He's very dominant. He's fast paced, task oriented. And so if I want to go to dinner with my husband, for example, I know that he's going to want to call the shots. (laughs) He's going to want to be the decision maker. (laughs) So what I have to do to make sure that I go to a place that I want to go to as well is I would serve up options of two places I want to go to. (laughs) So I would have to say like, do you want to go to Delancey tonight or do you want to go to Westward? He would ultimately decide, but it's a win-win because these are two places that I wouldn't mind going to, right? You can do that with your marketing materials. So with dominant individuals, you can say, hey, if you're interested in creating a quiz, there's two ways of working with me. You can I can you can hire me and I'll just do it for you or you can join the quiz lab and we can do it collaboratively. Right. You're giving them options. Both ways work out for you because it's, you know, obviously how you're helping people and why they're there on a discovery call in the first place. Right. But with this dominant entrepreneur, you're giving them options. You're making them call the shots and easily put it on them for them to decide, right? Whereas the exact opposite personality of a dominant personality is the steady type. And they're very heart-centered, right? These people Mm -hmm. might be on your email list for two years before they ever purchase from you. They're also going to read every review, every testimonial, and they're really interested in your case studies. So they can understand how you've helped other people. So if you see my work, if you've binged my content, I do a ton of case studies, mainly to showcase how I've helped other people succeed. And it goes back to my pharmaceutical sales days where I would show doctors the before and after. I would say, look at this picture of this child who's 12, you know, 13 years old. They have acne all over their face, their trunk, their back, Mm. you know, and physically, you know, they are not feeling well. They're embarrassed. They don't like it. It hurts. You know what I mean? But they're also not asking that girl to prom. You know what I mean? Emotionally, Mm -hmm. they don't feel confident. And so when you can show the after picture, like, okay, now look at this kid who's 13 years old. And after 12 12 weeks of using my product exclusively, nothing else, they've achieved this type of clearance with their acne. They're feeling better. They're more confident. They went to prom. (laughs) You know what I mean? So those that you really (laughs) want to show the before and after so you can prove that your way gives people success. So it's very similar to that. So when you can communicate this to people, they are more appreciative. So even that conscientious person who's slower paced and very data-driven 
you don't want to kick off a discovery call asking them about their weekend. (laughs) They will close down because they're a little bit more private. They're private individuals. So instead of that, you really want to show proof to back up claims. You want to show the case study work and talk to them about how you can help them with their clients, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so great. By the way, if if you keep hearing this, (laughs) I keep accidentally put making my my desk go up. So that's that weird like mechanical sound in the background if anyone's hearing that. <laughs> I can't hear it at all actually. Okay, good. Hopefully that's not coming up on the audio. But no, this is fascinating to think of it this way actually. Is basically the the goal of a quiz. I mean, I'm sure there's more than one goal, but is one of the goals of the quiz to come up with what disk type they are essentially? Like, are we asking questions to come up with that data? Or... Yeah. So there's questions in the Sorry. quiz that are going to determine your personality type. And that's what reveals the results. There's three Amazing. questions I like to ask in my quiz. One's research, one is personality, mm-hmm. and one is engagement. And so what I do is the majority of the questions in a quiz are going to be personality related because we want to make sure they get the right result. And that's what determines the results. The research questions are just for the client to better understand, you know, their clients. So that one first question in my quiz, it's like, what do you identify with? That was just letting me know who is in my world. What do they identify with? You know what I mean? So that's research based for me. Then there's engaging questions that really don't matter. I kind of sandwich those in between questions that make you think harder because we want them Mm -hmm. to like go through the quiz. It's usually a softball fun question that kind of moves them along. And it really doesn't play any part in the determination of your quiz results like the personality ones do. Now, keep in mind, personality quizzes are there to attract the right leads to your audience. Don't get worked up too much about like what else it can do. Really, it's to attract Mm. quality leads. And that is its sole purpose. Sometimes I have the analyzers get so nervous that people aren't going to get the right result. And a real assessment has hundreds of questions. A personality quiz has like five. So, you know, let's keep things in perspective. (laughs) It's just going to like really attract the right lead for your audience, right? And to grow your email list. Yeah, I love that. Do you feel like you need to make it like I've seen some, okay, this is probably Sophia overthinking it again, but do you feel like you need to make it kind of like clever and creative? Like I have a dream of doing like a what type of content creator you are, but from the lens of like the friends cast, like, are you a Ross? Are you a Rachel? Are you a Phoebe? And do you feel like people need to do that? Or do you think like even just not necessarily getting like fancy or creative, but just like having a series of well thought through questions like is enough? Like, have you seen more results one one way or the other? Great question. And so, yeah, you want to have fun with your quiz, um, but you don't want to offend anyone. And this day and age, I feel like people are offended by a lot of things, right? Oh, yeah. I would suggest in your situations, you can totally do it that way, right? But you want to be clear over clever. So it could be as simple as what type of content or what's your content creation style, right? It could be so simple. Mm -hmm. What you really want is just what you do in the title. So content creation would have to be part of the title, okay? And then you want it to be persona, style, type, like that, or archetype or whatever, personality. Like you want to add it since it's a personality quiz, right? Now, what you could do for the results is you could come up with like a generic name. Like let's take the dominant person, for example. We could just call them the visionary. And so nobody's offended for being the visionary. They like that result. And then in the, like underneath, you could potentially say some visionaries that you might know are like Monica on Friends, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, 
right? So that's yes. what I would recommend this day and age. We used to be able to get away with my very first quiz was like, <laughs> what type of legendary entrepreneur are you? And I used Beyonce, Lady Gaga, you know, <laughs> and I totally had fun with it. But the way I create quizzes has shifted to being more clear over clever, just because yeah. I don't ever want to offend anyone for like getting a certain result. They hated Monica, for example, right? <laughs> then they're like, Sophia, I hate her. How could you make this my result? Whereas if they were visionary and gave a few examples, they wouldn't take offense to it. Oh, I love that. That's such good advice, actually. Really, really good advice. And I tell people all the time, like, we're trying to be clear, not clever. So it's so great getting that coaching because it's like, ah, yes, Sophia, reminder, this is what like effective marketing is. Like, do people know what the heck you're talking about? You can't do something where you can incorporate your senses a little bit into quizzes. Mm -hmm. And so this adds a whole nother layer where you um, can experience taste smells, you know, into quizzes. So I have done a couple cocktail quizzes that have been really fun. One of them that came out of the quiz lab last fall was Kristen Lawton. And she did it on what type of style are you? Um, very similar to like yeah. content creation. And so we did it with an angle that I've never seen before. So it was, are you on the rocks, shaken, stirred, or neat? based on your style, oh right? Gosh. So when you take the that. quiz, um, we were able to incorporate some fun things like, you know, it was very taste related and smell related. It was like, what type of garnish would you use? Would you be cool as a cucumber or a burst of strawberry, right? Um, and yeah. then it was just kind of fun because you could incorporate your senses a little bit more. So I would almost encourage people to incorporate senses a little bit on their quiz. Um, Carrie Hannah comes to mind too. She loves water and her quiz was, um, you know, she really helps. I think it was like, uh, she's a uh, helps women middle age. And every result was, it was like, what's your, what's your purpose is like, sort of like what yeah. it revealed, like, what's your purpose? I think it was like women over, over 40. What is your, um, prime of life purpose was the name of her quiz. And the results was like, almost like, you know, Moana as like an adventure or, you know what I mean? And it really, she yep. took, she really took the idea of like using water so every her writing really included that. So that was really cool when, when she was able to do that too. That is so cool. I love those ideas. That's really, really great. So what happens like after people take the quiz? Like, do you recommend, like at what point do they, do you ask for their email address? And like, is there something that happens in the inbox afterwards? Like, what is that process, that experience like yeah. for the person? So one other thing I want to mention is if you stay on theme with your quiz, make sure you stay on theme with asking for the name and email. So for the mm. drink quizzes, you could say, you know, have your name, have your email address to get the results. And instead of saying, you know, like a little link that's like, get your results, which is really generic, she could say <laughs> bottoms up. Right. And so, oh my God, that's so cute. Yeah. So you click it and then you get the results sent to your inbox. And this is why people love quizzes, honestly, is because it trains people to go to their email to actually yeah. see their results. Right. So now they yeah. are opening your emails right off the bat, which they don't do for typical uh, lead magnets either. That's so, so true. They go there. Right. And so they, and then they want to learn more about themselves. So that's why we attach a welcome series. And I teach people how to create a welcome series where you're validating the new lead. You're sharing a little bit more about yourself. Um, you're also trying to get, to get them to take the next step and purchase from you. So it depends on what your offer is. You could have 
the emails that, you know, where they book a call, or you could have them sign up for your challenge, or you could just have them go to your email list. I know I'm creating a quiz right now where we're really just trying to get people to binge podcast episodes based on their personalities. And you know what I mean? So that's just really getting people to bend your content. So really, when you create a quiz, the very first question I have for you is what is your offer? What do you want them to do? And then we reverse engineer everything to align it to what you want them to do. So each person's different. Um, And then, you know, you could sell a quiz you know, like quiz lab, like it could be a launch quiz or it could be a signature quiz where you're just wanting people on your email list. Um, that is determined by the entrepreneur. Oh my gosh. I love that. I didn't even think about that as well. Like having quizzes for different purposes, like you're heading into a launch. There's like a launch specific quiz. Yep. You're just trying to grow your email list. You're that's so like, duh, Sophia. not think of that. (laughs) Well, quizzes can be very intentional. And the other thing is, is I used my quiz, what's your quiz to cash strategy for my first quiz lab launch. So I used it as the top of funnel. And then I had a welcome series. I had people go to my three day nail your quiz idea challenge. And then I opened the cart, closed the cart. And I made $70,000 by doing that. So I took what I teach and I lived it to prove it. Right. Well, now that that launch is over with, I actually use the quiz in the three day nail your quiz idea challenge where it's almost like further down the funnel where, okay, now people are joining the three day challenge. I'm having them take the quiz on day one so they can see what it looks like. And then the results share what type of quiz funnel would work for their personality. So at this point, I almost use it as a tool for my business, but I still use it as like on podcast interviews and different things like that too. I love this. Um, Have you found certain ways to share the quiz? Like, do you, do you usually put money behind it? Do you feel like the best places to share is on podcast episodes? Like, do you have any like, Oh, this is where I see the most success. So that's a good question. So there's paid advertising and organic advertising. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, like a couple years ago, back in the day, um, maybe around 2020, <laughs> where Facebook ads was like the best place to do it, people would yeah. put money into ads. They would grow incredible. I had a client who lost her entire social media and oh, wow. she, we had put a quiz together. She ran Facebook ads to it. She had grown her list by 10,000 people, believe it or not. And she sold oh my gosh. her course and made $20,000 on a $297 offer with her email wow. marketing alone. But that was Facebook ads. But things have shifted a little bit. So I think people are, you know, if you're into, into organic marketing, you could do put your quiz on podcasts. You can put mm-hmm. your quiz in summits. You can use your quiz, have your friends share it like as an email swap. You can put your quiz yep. on your Instagram, you know bio where the link is, you can put it on your website. You can, and honestly, I think, I mean, I'm not super intentional anymore. I just kind of like do all these things that I'm sharing right now. And I probably have 50 to a hundred people that join my email list every single month, because once you create a quiz, it's essentially, you've just created your hardest working employee that does everything for you behind the scenes on automation. So at this point, I just try to make sure I'm on podcasts, I'm in bundles, I'm on summits, I'm sharing my quiz, and then it does the work for me. 
Oh my gosh. I love this. And I actually think you have a, I know that you have, I think I saw somewhere marketing somewhere that you have like a three-day challenge to help you come up with your quiz idea. Yes. That right? was last week actually. So yeah, I know fun. we just missed it. I know. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if there's like, I mean, like I said, this is a three day challenge. So I'm sure there's like way too much to talk about on this podcast episode around how to come up with that idea. But do you have any like first step tip for like, if people are like, okay, I'm sold, I want to create a quiz, but like, how do I even know what topic to be thinking about? Do you like reverse engineer from what you sell or like how that conversation with yourself? I mean, there's a ton that we do in the three days, but at where the rubber meets the road, you need to know what your offer is and who you serve. So if you can do some market research and better understand your audience, that's super helpful. Then you need to know what your offer is and you want to work backwards from that. So a great example, again, I'll just use Taryn as an example. So she knew that she wanted wanted to make that shift into helping ADHD. She was a coach to help ADHD clients, right? And so she was able to create a course that helps, you know, view it as a superpower, right? And really lean into your strengths. So her quiz was what's your ADHD superpower. But in a nutshell, you want to use at the front of your quiz, you want to use the word what's, which, discover, uncover, And then you want to slide in what your purpose is and what you want to do. So for you, Sophia, it's content creation. And then you want to end it with persona, archetype, style, type, blend. You can do all sorts of fun things. And so how it comes up with the title is, you know, what's your best-selling author personality? Or what's your speaking superpower? Or for you, Sophia, what's your content creation style or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, of course, in the quiz lab, we just really try to get an idea to start writing the quiz, and then we will circle back and really make it powerful. Um, And so, for example, I just did this last week. One of my favorite quiz titles that came out of it was for someone who did join the quiz lab. She does hospitality for Airbnb. And I know staying in Airbnbs, the five-star review is everything, right? So I think the title we ended up coming up with, because we were like, okay, Airbnb, you need to have Airbnb in there. So it was like Airbnb hosts, what's your five-star blueprint or something, or what's your five-star, uh, yes. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, I'm, I can't remember what we came up with. I wish I would have pulled it up to be prepared. But at the end of the day, it had something in there about five-star review. It definitely had Airbnb in there. And then it was like, you know, revealing the success strategy to it, right? Or it was like five-star review. Yep. What's your Airbnb success strategy? Oh my gosh. It's so cute. I love I love that formula. That's so great. Ah, so good. All right. This is already so juicy. We have three questions from listeners. And yeah, like I said, I'm like literally buzzing about quizzes right now. (laughs) As they say in England, I'm buzzing. Uh (laughs) I, okay. So question number one. Hey, so glad you're loving this episode. I want to interrupt for five quick seconds to tell you about 12 strategies to help you find and convert your next client on social media. I'm going to bet what's really happening on your social and why you're not seeing a lot of results is because you're spending all of your time creating content and not 
any of your time building relationships. But I get it. You need some structure or specific action steps so you know how to build relationships. If you just do two of these on a consistent basis, you'll start seeing results. The trick is to actually use them. Just head to getcoachsocial.com forward slash clients to snag your copy. That's getcoachsocial.com forward slash clients. Okay, let's get back to the show. I created a quiz and had some of my best conversions yet thanks to this lead magnet. Woohoo! So I am so on board. Something I think I messed up on though is segmenting. I didn't really tag them according to their answers. I just let them into my list. How many segments do you have after your quiz and how exactly do you use these segments? For example, do you send an email to each segment every week or do you just sell to them at different times? Okay, so this is a good question. So with personality quizzes, we segment based on their result. So you're going to have four results. For my quiz, you're either the online business mogul, uh, role model, mentor, or master. And so whatever Mm. your result is, you get a tag. Now, for the people who are the dominant personalities, I don't actually send different emails to every single personality every time I send an email list. But occasionally, when I have a spot that opens up to work for people with quizzes, like a done-for-you quizzes, the dominant personality, that fast action taker and task-oriented person, I know based on my research by doing my one-on-one work, that's the type of personality that hires me to do quizzes for them. So if I have a spot that opens up, I can send an email to that segment only and say, hey, Sophia, are you still interested in creating a quiz? I had a Mm -hmm. spot that opened up in March. Do you want it? Hit reply and let me know. I literally did this last year and I had 22 people respond to me. I got on some discovery calls and filled the spot. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Oh, so good. Do you use other lead magnets or strategies outside of quizzes or do you only use quizzes to grow your community? A hundred percent. I do everything mainly because I love growing my email list. I love to explore. I love to have adventure. <laughs> so I have done everything. I've done the PDF down, download. I've done challenges. I've done summits. I've been in bundles. I, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. yes, you want to do all the things to grow your email list. And again, I definitely used the quiz for my very first launch to walk the walk and talk the talk. But now I use that quiz. I still use the quiz, you know, for podcast interviews, for summit interviews, for freebie swaps, like email swaps. But I also use it as a tool in my business so I can help people understand their personality so we can lean into their strengths when I'm working with them. So it's also a tool for my business. Oh, that's awesome. How long does it typically take to set up a fully functioning quiz funnel that segments to your list? And what do you need to do to maintain it after it's created? Okay, so Quiz Lab is about 12 weeks long. We could get it done in eight weeks if we really wanted to. But I found with entrepreneurs, you know, things happen, unfortunately. So I've the 12 weeks is now because I've created space to allow people more time to work on their result pages, their welcome series and all that stuff. Um, So quiz lab is about 12 weeks long. That is my group coaching program where I collaborate with you. We take it step by step. We have copywriters on staff to help with your editing. We've got all the tech in there so you can implement it. You can create your own landing page, connect it to your website, all that good stuff. Everything is in there. It takes 12 weeks to do it together. If you hired me, it typically takes about four to six weeks for me to do it by myself. And then if you want to, I do recommend just 
taking almost every quarter, optimizing what's going on. So do you have a plan for Q1? Do you have a plan for Q2? Take a look at your quiz. What is the intention behind it? And kind of swap out those call to actions if need be. You need to get used to optimizing it because that's just normal in business. So if you learn this skill set in Quiz Lab versus hiring me to do it with you, then you'll be able to optimize your quiz on a daily basis and even create another one if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I totally missed. There's a fourth question that I didn't see. I okay. had to scroll down a little bit. <laughs> and that was just, what? what's your favorite tool to create a quiz? I feel like there are so many options and I have no idea which one an expert would recommend. So... I'm going to go ahead and just say, so I used to solely recommend Try Interact, but in the fall, I explored different options and I found another platform that I really like. And so at the end of the day, I really want the entrepreneur to explore options for themselves. Um, Most people use Try Interact. It's a fairly easy platform to use. However, if you're you know, in Canada, or if you're in London or England, you know, the cost can be a little expensive. So with Mm. involve.me, it's a little bit more competitively priced, very intuitive, very easy to use as well. So now I'm recommending both. Um, And I I think you just have to make that decision yourself because there is um, involve.me, I think currently only costs $200 for an entire year. You get the data, you get the information, the quiz looks awesome aesthetically. Wow. Interact is a little bit more expensive now. They make you pay extra money for the data and you do want to get the data information. Right. So it can right. help you with your business insights. And if you can pay for that, no problem. That's also an additional quiz platform that people seem to use. There's other platforms out there, but those are the two that I would recommend. And those are the two that I have tech tutorials for in Quiz Lab as well. Mm. Oh my gosh. This is so juicy. I'm like so obsessed with this interview. And I feel like everyone is like, oh my God, how do I join Quiz Lab? So sorry, guys. I had this interview today, cart closed. So you know, you won't hear this, but please tell us how we can get into your world, learn about the next launch and just work with you in general. Like where do we find you on the interwebs? <laughs> yeah. If you want to post my quiz to share it, my favorite way is email marketing. Yeah, I do. And so the you can check out my quiz, which is what's your quiz to cash strategy. And so this is really geared for people who want to create a quiz for their business. It's going to tell you what your strategy is based on your personality and what your quiz funnel should look like to allow you to have success. Now, email marketing is my platform of choice to communicate, and I've got some really cool things planned this year. So even if you don't want to create a quiz right now, well, Quiz Lab opens up in the fall again. So you know, be on the list for the Quiz Lab for fall. But not only that, I'm going to think of really creative ways to engage my community. And I've got some things up my sleeve that is going to be super fun this year. So the only way to have access to these opportunities are through my email. And then I also have a Facebook group called Quiz Creators. That's where I do all my challenges. That's my preferred social media choice of where I show up and do trainings and different things. So I would say take my quiz. What's your quiz to cash strategy? Tag me on Instagram. Let me know what your strategy is. And then definitely join the Facebook group um, for extra support. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm already there. So I will see you guys there. I'm like literally going to go join the group right now. (laughs) So I'll see you guys in there. And I'm also going to drop all those links in the show notes. So if anyone is like, oh, how would I find that? You can find it in the show notes. 
But truly, this was so juicy. Like, and honestly, I feel like, and I think I can speak for everyone. This has really opened up my mind to like a whole new way to grow your list more. I don't know if this is the right, if this is good English. Yeah, I was going to say more smartly, but actually that's a better way to describe it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great intentional way to grow your list and, and really build relationships while you do it because we are all about relationships on this podcast. Like I am a broken record about using online tools to, to not just grow a list, to have a list, but to actually grow a list, to build relationships with your community. And this is such an crazy intentional way to know who you're talking to. So you can be specific about the language you use and really give them what they're looking for and really create a bond with your community. So I'm obsessed. I love it. Thank you so much for being just so generous with your time and with your genius. You're amazing. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here. It really lights me up to talk about quizzes, but in a way that's going to help the business owner better understand themselves and the people that they're trying to, you know, achieve results for. It's like all about your community at the end of the day. It's really putting your clients first, in my opinion. I always think it's like a no brainer. And but there is that skeptical personality (laughs) out there that will just be like, I would never do a quiz. I don't take quizzes. And fair (laughs) enough. You know what I mean? (laughs) You are not my person. You do you. (laughs) (laughs) And I totally get it because that's, you know, and that's why I don't get offended. Because once I understand someone's personality, it's like, oh, I totally get you now. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. And that's also the value of a quiz, in fact, (laughs) because now we can understand your personality. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, Yeah. I I don't really use this in a personal way that much. Like I don't really, you know, drive like other people's decisions based on like, how can I serve this up to get my way? It's very helpful though, when you do know, so you can, because at the end of the day, when you're trying to sell your services, as a business owner, I am confident, like, I love quizzes. This is going to work for your business. I feel really good about this, but here are the ways to work with me and whatever fits them Mm -hmm. is what's going to fit them. You know what I mean? And so it's just really serving it up to them and letting them decide, right? Yeah. I love it. That's beautiful. What a great way to end this episode. Thank you so much for being on. And like I said, everyone check the show notes for your goodies. Thank you so much again for being on. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.